welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 187 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of November 7th, 2023. Happy Election Day. Coming up on today's show, new seats installed at Muppet Vision 3D. Asha makes her Walt Disney World debut. A monorail experience, some downtime. And in our main segment, we do a deep dive on Tomorrowland. This is the Circus 71 podcast. All right, Donna, starting off in housekeeping this week at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Muppet Vision 3D seats are being replaced. Why is this news? Well, because the old seats were dirty, gross, grimy, and disgusting. Honest to God, Jamie, when... Two months ago, three months ago, I remember I mentioned it on the show. We were talking about how, like, it just, it was in disrepair. And I was so happy to see, um, or to hear, I guess. And then I, I did see it on, on Friday, um, the, the new projection um, technology. And that looks super crisp and super, super nice. So I was really happy about that happening because I felt like, okay, well, you know, if there's putting money into it, they're not going to, you know, scrap that whole, that whole show. So the fact that they're now going to be replacing the, disgusting chairs as well um it, it just goes to show at least in my humble opinion that the show's not going anywhere yeah i, I mean the, the the old seats there's pictures online that they're black i, I, I told mean, you that it's absolutely gross and disgusting um and, and the new chairs are, are bright vibrant red um and also they even updated um and and put new not color faded banners outside of um the grand arts theater as it's now known um so at least like here's why i think a story like this is important donna a yes we rag on disney for being cheap and doing things ridiculously but walt disney world disney in general is a premium experience and when the parks look like those chairs, dirty, disgusting, grimy, it's not a premium experience. And, and I think that's really what upsets a lot of people is you charge a premium, but don't offer that premium experience. Um, so I, I'm glad to see those chairs being replaced I'm not going to give Disney a pass on it because clearly way past when it should have <laughs> happened. Um, but at least it is at this point getting done. No, I agree. And it's like they have to be um, embarrassed on social in order to do yep. anything about it. Like, like with the boats at a small world. So that's, that's a darn shame. But sometimes when that happens, I almost have to remind myself that social media is still relatively new. Um, I mean, I don't feel like we're ancient, although sometimes my body tells me I am. And, you know, we had dial-up internet when we were kids. And now, you know, we have the internet in, in our cars. You know, like it's just, it's a totally different world now than it was 20 years ago. So Disney, um, again, shouldn't have to be social media shamed into doing things. But honestly, maybe this was always the case and we just didn't know it as much. You're not going to tell me about the time when you didn't even have a car phone. Exactly. Um, no, but your, your point's well taken, um, that Disney has to be embarrassed. Um, and I think our friends at 
WWNT do a, a great job of doing and that and calling Disney out when they should. Um, you mentioned the Small World boats. They had to call them out um, on the last scene of Small World because there was mold in the top of the the um, uh, wall. I couldn't think of the word. Um, which that thing finally, up there. Finally just got cleaned up. So i um, glad to see that Muppet Vision is, is getting some love that that it deserves. Agreed. You want to move right along to something that I literally laughed when I read this story, Jamie. Oh, uh, you know what, Donna? I should have made this story number four. <laughs> you know what? Andrew, pause that video game. I'm going to have you do this story because I think that you're going to have even more to say about it than I would. Here you go. I'm mad I only got a little chuckle. That four joke was funny. It was well thought out. I thought so. Yeah. So anyways, Andrew, go ahead. I will believe this when I see it, but Disney announced uh, earlier this week that the Magnolia Golf Course will be reopening to a full 18 holes um, for those of you that are not uh, in the golf community for the past, uh, I think it's the last year and a half or so, maybe almost two full years. They've been operating as a 14-hole golf course. You know, those of us golfers know that Usually you play either nine or 18, not 14. Um, and I will say as a side note, Disney has still been charging uh, what many courses charge for 36 holes of golf to play there, to play their 14 holes of golf. Um, but the Magnolia golf course will be reopening uh, to a full 18 holes as of uh, Wednesday, November 22nd of this year. Um, the reason that they had to do this is they are rerouting Floridian way. Um, so the last, I think it was, yeah, I guess 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, the last four holes had to be rerouted. Um, actually, I think the 18th hole, they're keeping the same, but the 15, 16 and 17th, they had to reroute and do some things cause they're, they moved, they're physically moving Floridian way. Uh, Uh oh, Donna's phone. Donna's phone fell asleep. What? Yep. What did? What did it? Where? Where did I leave off? Um. Oh. So anyway, they they're renovating. They had to reroute Floridian Way. Um. Three of the last four holes had to be rerouted. Um. It'll also be now amended to instead of a, a usual par seventy-two, it'll be a par seventy as the fifteenth and sixteenth hole have been shortened to accommodate uh, the newly contoured greens. Uh, I will say. To Disney's credit, um, from what you can see from Floridian Way, it looks like they they absolutely on the, I think it's the 17th hole you can see, um, they put in a whole new, brand new, beautiful uh, green complex, brand new grass, bunkers, everything. So um, I might have to bite the bullet and, and pay the very, very ridiculous fee uh, to go play at Magnolia uh, and give it a shot. Um, but we, we shall see. Well, Andrew, I mean, if you're going to bite the bullet, who am I to allow you to bite it solo? I think that's just wrong and inconsiderate. Ab absolutely. For research purposes, right? For the research, podcast. Research purposes. Follow up. Of course. but For a future follow up story. Yeah. No, but I even tell I tell both of my brother brothers in law all the time. Like I we have to get on 
these this course. I I think the Disney course that I played um with you the Lake Buena Vista even the the walking trail Oak Trail was was um a fun course. It's it's definitely an experience. Um, so glad to see it get back to, you know, a full a full eighteen because fourteen holes is just strange. Yeah, uh, the Lake Bonavista course I've played the most. The two you'll like, Jamie, if we ever do play these together. The Palma Magnolia used to be when the PGA Tour hosted an event there. Um, Those are the two courses that they used for the PGA Tour event. They have plaques on each of the holes that talk about some memorable hole or some memorable shot or whatever from the the history of the golf tournament. Because I think it was there for like 25 or 30 years. So some of them talk like, you know, Jack Nicholas drove the green on this par four and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, Magnolia is definitely the nicest of the three. So um, at least I'm, I'm happy to see that they're, they're sprucing it up and doing this renovation. It'll look even nicer. Yeah, I like it. And my, uh, my wish is to break 90 at some point. And speaking of wishes, Asha from Disney's upcoming wish Meet and greet began this past Wednesday, November the 1st, at Epcot, um, which was really unannounced. Um, It was kind of just plopped into the My Disney Experience app um, with uh, uh, appearance, 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 meeting times um, posted. And this is at the gazebo near the start of World Showcase, which is usually Daisy. Daisy meets. Um, so I guess she got displaced. Um, the times um, as of the November 1st um, were posted at 9.30, 10.45, 11.55, 1.50, and 3pm. This whole thing has been so weird to me. There was merchandise at, and I have never said this to you, Jamie, because we haven't talked about Asha or the, the Wish or whatever um, yet on, on podcast or probably off podcast. There was merch for this movie at the pass holder events at wide world of sports. Mm. I was, I honestly was trying to figure, I was looking, I was like, what is this? Like, I had no idea. I had not a clue where I was from or what it was. Like, I was thinking in my head, like, is this some weird thing they were going to do on the wish vessel? And that didn't end up happening. So that's why this merch ended up here. I never in a million years thought, that this would have been for a forthcoming movie. They showed a preview for it when we took Anthony for his birthday to see the Paw Patrol movie. And I think it looks really odd. <laughs> I think this huge, gigantic push of this movie before it's even out in theaters is just super, super weird. There, it, I didn't realize this, Donna, but there is actually precedent for this because apparently a few weeks before Fro- the original Frozen movie debuted, they had the Anna Elsa meet and greet in the parks. Interesting. I didn't remember that. And from everything that I've kind of read and and people have have noted online, like Disney's trying to bank on this to be like the level of a frozen, like a smash monster hit. Um, But yeah, it's, I guess it's odd to me to have the meet and greet before the movie comes out because people don't really know the character know how right. to interact with them um and apparently there are certain things and that the uh, uh or that um asha i was going to say anna that asha kind of can say um about 
not the movie, but about her world or whatever. But it's just super interesting with not having a lot of, um, you know, ability to interact. That's it? Whatever. I mean, it's cool. I'm glad that it's there, something new. But it's just, I I don't know why they wouldn't, if you're going to do this, to maybe even in promotion of the movie, why not announce that ahead of time? Like, why just roll her out the day of? It's so odd. That's odd to me. That's more odd than having the meet and greet in, in the first place before the movie. I, I mean, I wouldn't have known how to say her, her name. Like, looking at the story, I would have been like, Aisha, Aisha. I would not have spit out Asha. I could say... I could see Asha. Yeah. Yeah, that I could understand. Because A-S-H, you would say Ash. So, I don't know. But I think it's cool, nonetheless. Um, (laughs) Speaking of something that did turn into Ash, the Walt Disney (laughs) monorail has flat tires. Oh, goodness. So, um... Monorail, what color was it? I don't, I'm trying to scroll. Yellow, monorail yellow. Uh, yes. Got a flat tire and had to be evacuated. So it was actually reported for some Fox 35 Orlando. The monorail was stuck at 9.50 on Halloween morning. Um, there was a loud bang, and this is a quote from a gentleman who was on the monorail. There was a loud bang explosion, and then we kind of saw a big flash of light. After that, the monorail slowed down. He also said he smelled burning rubber and a little bit of smoke. Um, the article continues to say the explosion, sound, smell, and smoke are explained by a sudden flat tire. According to Disney, no guests or cast members have reported injuries due to the incident. And this was running um, <laughs> between Epcot and uh, TTC. This was not like the interior loop. So I guess that's a good thing because that would have backed up a whole ton of people if it were the resort resort or even express monorail line um but um it, it ended up being uh, several hours later before they were able to reopen uh this line for service yeah and i i don't want to say it's a funny story because obviously it's not people's vacations were impacted we get all that but i also don't want to want to use this as another argument about oh disney just upgrade the monorails like uh, to me that's totally a separate issue i think this is just something that happened i I mean it's a flat tire who knows what actually caused it um and we may find out later on but i'm not going to jump on the you know this is another reason for the monorails to be replaced and everything like that i think they should be but in my opinion it's apples and oranges. I think it's just something that happened. Oh, I agree. I, I, I yeah, I, I, and I would be the first one <laughs> to try to point the finger on that. But no, I, I don't think, as you said, it's something that just happens. My aunt and uncle in a relatively new car had a tire go boom um, when they were driving. It's just a fluke thing. Yeah. The, the only thing I, I guess I don't understand is how that one flat tire brings it down for hours. I, I don't, like, it seems odd that they can't, like, have a spare, spare or something. Jamie, I honestly it think moving. it ends up being the evac. 
that takes hours before they can even address the issue. Yeah, but my point to that would be if if it's going to be a 10-minute swap out of a tire, they wouldn't evac the train. You have to. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it seems strange to me. Like, And I don't even know... I'm trying to see where I can't really tell in the pictures, like where it actually broke down. Like if there was any chance of getting to Epcot. Um, but it, it looks like it was a pretty far distance away, but yeah, I don't know. just seems that that was the only thing that struck me as odd is if it was a, a flat tire, unless there was some sort of like electrical issue because of the, the fire and the smoke and they had to make sure it was safe that I totally get. But if it's just a, an issue with, with changing a flat tire, it's that seems a little bit odd to me. Speaking of other things that are explosions, <laughs> I think this one's you. I forget. No. No, me. Tire Ep- was me. Epcot testing new luminous fireworks spectacular overnight in November. This actually happened this past Saturday night. November the 4th from 10.30 p.m. to 11, or excuse me, to 1 um, a.m. As Don and I have talked about previously, um, Luminous will make its debut December the 5th and will be performed nightly at 9.30 p.m. Um, So I actually saw a couple videos and some... um, uh, uh, lineups if you want to say of the music that's involved in the show i don't want to spoil and and comment on anything with that right now um but it's well on its way it's in testing well for a december 5th launch so we're as we sit here recording a month out yeah yeah that's fair less than i mean at this point so yeah we we shall we shall see i i think this show needs to deliver they cannot have another harmonious flop well i mean it goes to show and i i don't believe it was official news but the heavily rumored news that disney exec sent the score back and said or you know the recording back and said no 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 try again yeah so i they know they have to deliver on this um there's going to be Disney music in it. Um, that's as far as <laughs> what I'm going to say. Um, but there is two, or there are two, I guess would be better grammar. Um, R2-D2? R2-D2. Um, original scores of music that supposedly close the show. Um, and they did actually release that video, Donna. And I have to say, the um, listening to the uh, orchestra perform the, you know, whatever, 30-second, minute-long clip that that was out there, it was very pretty sounding. Like, I kind of got some chills thinking that this actually might be um, worthwhile, at least at that that end part. Like, it was very, very pretty. I hope so. So, we shall see. But wraps it up. Not a lot of housekeeping news this week. Um, We're going to take a quick break and be back with a deep dive into the land of tomorrow, also known as Tomorrowland.
All right. Main segment this week, continuing our deep dive series at the Magic Kingdom. We are traveling today to Tomorrowland because Donna is a complete and utter monster. And I don't know who goes right first. Wow. I got to say, I was, when I looked at, for some reason, I actually looked at the, you know, the lineup list of the shows um, that we have scheduled out. And when I saw Tomorrowland, I laughed out loud because I couldn't believe it. I never go right first. I always end in Tomorrowland. So that you and the other 10, 20, 30,000 people can all cut left at the same time, you bimbo. Yeah, but you know what? Here's my thing It's is, like everyone going to Mexico first. Go freaking right to Canada and you see less people. That, we always get, yeah, we always start it. Usually, it depends on where we're going. Remy kind of pulls us the other way at Epcot now, but I, I think you know what it really is, Don, and, and I know we'll get into this specifically a little bit in a little bit. Um, I really like Tomorrowland at night. I think it's super, mm-hmm. super pretty. And I like, I think Adventureland and Frontierland are okay at night. I don't think they're as pretty as Tomorrowland is. Fair. So, but nevertheless, go ahead. Where do you want to uh, kick off? Any thoughts? So this time seven? around, I actually wanted to pull some things because I thought this would make for a better conversation instead of me saying, like, Jamie, why don't you talk about this? I wanted to pull out a couple of pieces of information. Again, I'm basing a lot of this off of a book that I really, really enjoy. I actually have two editions of it. And the edition that I'm holding in my hands is The Hidden Magic of Walt Disney World, third edition. So, Jamie. Yeah, that, have, was the, that was the question I texted you that you never responded to, by the way. Well, why am I going to tell you what book I'm looking in so that you can buy it and be able to cut me off? Because my father-in-law asked what books I would like for Christmas. Oh, that was nice of him. Okay, so yes. yeah, you can have this one. Here you go. The Hidden Magic of Walt Disney World. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what did Andrew say? <laughs> I didn't know Jamie could read. <laughs> oh, that's where it was from. Yep. I it, it took me a minute. I'm like, I know that's from a movie. Where yep. is it from? Malfoy. Did you know, by the way, on a side note, that was totally ad-libbed because Tom Felton forgot his line. That doesn't surprise me based on something I read about Felton, but that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So anyways, squirrel. Yeah, no kidding. Have you ever noticed in the last scene... On the mom's desk, there is a a push board, like a bulletin board. I know that you've seen it. We've all seen it. Have you noticed that there's a note that says Marty called once changes? Yep. Do you know what that nods to? Marty Scalar. Oh, darn. I thought I had you on one. We'll explain who Marty Scalar is. All right. He is a former vice chairman and principal creative um, executive in Walt Disney Imagineering. Really huge Disney legend. Really big in the company. And if Marty said he wanted something changed, people jump through hoops to change it. <laughs> I don't know if he's still in WDI at this point. I feel like he was pushed out. Jamie, I thought he passed away because I you have know- one of his books. And I was going to say that after the fact, too. Yeah, I think he actually Hold did on, recently. give me a second. Because I know Ex Atencio died, and he was very big with um, Pirates, um, I believe. July 27th, 2017. 
Okay, I thought he did, but I think he may have been kind of pushed out a little bit beforehand. But yeah, it's it. I mean, Marty Scalar worked on. He's one of those in that upper echelon of this is a reason why the parks are so special in some of these attractions. No, I totally agree with that statement. I got one about Space Mountain. You ready for this one? It's a Ric Flair uses it as a promo. No. Okay, go ahead. A panel labeled collision prevention control includes a list of traffic codes. If you know your major Floridian roads, you can work out which location each code refers to using the hints about their current status. Like I-4 always being backed up and things like that. Oh, where is this? Um, it is labeled collision prevention control in the queue. And includes okay. a list of traffic codes. And if you know your major Floridian roads, you can work out which location each code refers to using the hints about their current status. Oh, okay. I thought you were taking that a different way because there's... Oh, where is this? I... It may have been before the old the the um, exit ramp got refurbed, but there was a, a like a billboard with different codes or whatever that were all nods to closed attractions. That's cool too. I, and one of them was um, like twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I think Mister Toad may have been on there as well, um, but I always forget where where that is. I mean, that goes back to something that, you know, I was saying last week that no, there's literally nothing. There's not a number that's random. There's not a, a color that's, that's, you know, just chosen that everything has, you know, something. There, there's a reason. Yeah. I, I mean, we're not in the Liberty Square deep dive, so I won't go into there yet. But I actually read one about um, Liberty Square earlier, like an hour ago that I thought was pretty cool. So hopefully I'll remember it when we get to Liberty Square. <laughs> nice. Um, do you know the, um, on the, uh, people mover, um, a lot of, they have a lot of nods on that, especially with the new narration to a lot of old, um, extinct attractions, specifically in Tomorrowland. They mentioned like, you know, if you have wings, which is a nod to, um, I think there was an attraction called if you had wings, if I remember. Now, is that the current narration or the former narration? I, I think specifically with that one, it's both actually, but I know it's also in the new one because the new one had a lot of new uh, uh, additional nods to previous um, attractions. Okay, Jamie, I just found what you were talking about. Below the collision prevention control panel, you'll see a second panel labeled Space Tug Dispatch, an homage to a, a selection of Magic Kingdom attractions that have closed or have been added. And then this is fun. See if you can figure them out from their land's initials and the attraction's initials. Okay, right. It's not just Tomorrowland. But go ahead. See if you'll, I can get it. You'll find the answer in Appendix. Solutions to Hints. Solution 3. All right. So ready? Open sector. So this means open attractions are FL. Fantasyland. M-A-W-P. Anthony's favorite attraction. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yep. I was Paul Dramatic Effect. A-L-A-F-C. 
A L A F C. So A L Adventureland. A F C. I'm thinking through this. I don't have anything yet. Um. Um. Oh God. Adventureland. A F C. I've got nothing. And I don't want to go to the solutions yet because I want to keep plugging through and then I'll pop over to solutions. Okay. Hey, oh, that's really going to bother me. All right, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, F-L-M-P-M. All right, F-L's Fantasyland. What were the others again? M P as in Paul M. This is harder than I thought it would be. Okay, hold, hold on. I, my brain isn't working. I think it's because of daylight savings. It was Fantasyland, right? Yep. Mary Paul Mary. Fantasyland MPM. No cheating. I see you clicking stuff. Oh, Donna, you're going to be mad at that one. Fantasyland MPM. Your mom would call it Donald's. Oh, you saw our magic. <laughs> oh, that's good. What was the other one for Adventureland again? The letters? Alpha Frank Charlie. Oh, all right. Oh, oh. The A I can't explain. Is that something with the the Swiss family treehouse? I don't think so. Okay. Um, next, FRL, which I'm assuming is Frontierland. Mm-hmm. SM. Oh god, this book is too old. No. That's they're just gonna move that down to the extinct sector. No kidding. Uh TL. Tomorrowland. <laughs> this is so funny. The yeah, this this broken down in this way for an acronym acronym's hilarious. B L S R S. Oh, Buzz Light, your space yeah. ranger spin. <laughs> yep. All right, next one. I can't even say it because it's hilarious. T L Tomorrowland. MILF AFT. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. AFT. Yeah. I don't know what the AFT is. Um. I have no idea. We'll find out. All okay. right. So ready for the closed ones? Yes. This one's very easy. FL twenty K. Fantasyland twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Right. Um, F L, so Fantasyland again. M T W R. M T W R. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. In Fantasyland. Yep. All right. T L. So we're back in Tomorrowland. S K. The number two. F L. <laughs> 
I know it. I'm just going to give you a minute. Something two. The number two? You ready? Yeah. The Skyway to Fantasyland. Oh. All right. Very good. Next. MSU. So Main Street USA. SB. I can't think of an attraction on Main Street that's not there. Because um, we never had like great moments with Mr. Lincoln or anything like that. Yeah, there was. Um, Tony's not... to play something though. I don't know if it was an attraction. I don't know if it was there. Um... Could it be where the Mickey and Tink space is? It could be. I don't know what was there before. That's a tough one. That one I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Uh, FL Fantasyland MMR Yep This is going back a ways But they have not I was expecting to see like Snow White Scary Adventures here But it's not here MMR There are now nods to it That they added back in Fantasyland I'm thinking. I know you can all smell something burning. MMR. Nope. The Mickey Mouse Review. I don't remember that at all. It. I think either open with the park or a little bit after the fact, and it is in the same theater as or um, that Filler Magic is Filler in. Magic. Now which is why the banners outside now say the most magical review or something like that. Oh, cute. Yeah, it's a nice little nod. All right, and one more. TL. Tomorrowland. So Tomorrowland. M2M. Is it that show that you told me was behind the gates where the buzz meet and greet is? No, I don't think so. Because that I don't know if that had a specific show. Oh, uh, Mission to Mars. Oh, very good. Which is where I think Buzz Lightyear is now. Okay. So there's two we didn't get, one for open and one for closed. So let me pop over to Appendix. Uh, give, give, me, uh, give me them again, just in case. Uh, AL, Adventureland, AFC. Oh, AFC, not AFT. Correct. Alpha Frank Charlie. Okay. Um, well, then I sounded like a real idiot with um, a treehouse. AFC, and it's open? That's what it says. Oh, Andrew said he thinks he knows. Andrew just said we're both silly. <laughs> what are you doing? Andrew's just randomly humming. <laughs> A new fantastic point of view. AFC. Oh, you think? Andrew says Aladdin, Aladdin sliding carpets, AFC. Yeah, but that's not the that's... name of the attraction, though. It's yeah. Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Of Aladdin. 
Oh, he's 100% right. Well, that's dumb. He just did the suck gesture. <laughs> well, that's dumb, because that's not the name of the attraction. Yeah, it says ALAFC Adventureland Aladdin's Flying Carpets. I wonder if that's how it debuted and they changed the name. Maybe. Huh. And then let's see, what's the other one that we missed? It was something that the was close. Swan Boats. What? Oh, God. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. I have no... Oh, man, you gotta get a picture of the, or look that up. There was gigantic swan boats that went around the uh, the moat that surrounds the, the castle. Well, yeah. It doesn't surround the castle, but, the, you know, the front hub. Yeah. Yeah. That thing always looks so dirty to As me. As a matter of fact, you know where the dock was? Do tell. It was, do you remember the Rose Garden? Of course. It was down past that, um, the, the, there were the uh, a dock there when you went down the Rose Garden that they cut off when they got rid of the swan boats. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting and slightly weird. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. <laughs> what other fun facts or trivia can we do? How, by the way, I'd love to know the listeners how well they did with that too. I mean, some of that, and I consider myself a gigantic Disney fan. Like I was not even on my radar. Mickey's musical review, Swan Boats, never. I'm upset I didn't get that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. We never did that either, though. But <laughs> yeah, that would make um, sense. Something that was closed. Let's see. Here's a, uh, while you're looking that up, here's a did you know. Uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin took over for an attraction. It was called Delta Dream Flight. If you look at the, the marquee, not like the Fast Pass or Lightning Lane sign and standby, but the actual sign name, it's in the shape of a cloud because they just plastered over the Delta Dream Flight uh, marquee. In the same that sounds shape. about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. When you're on the people mover and you're going through Space Mountain, it says Starport. Do you know what it says underneath it? No. There's a number. Seventy-one. Sixty-four. Nope. Oh, okay, then I don't know. I got nothing else. Seventy-five. Oh. That was anticlimactic. Well, do you know why? That was when... No. It's when Space Mountain opened. Oh. Okay, also anticlimactic. <laughs> or it's because it's the answer. Whatever. Um, this is so tiny. I, I literally couldn't imagine being able to read this, but it's fascinating that this is the level of detail that Disney goes to. Okay. So in the 1920 scene in Carousel of Progress, it's Independence Day. So okay. they're getting ready for the fireworks, yada, yada, blah, blah. 
So if you look through the window on the left-hand side, there's a Chinese restaurant across the street from John's house. And there's a small sign advertising Herb Ryman, attorney at law. So apparently that's a nod to Imagineer Herbert Ryman, who is the concept artist who sketched the interior of the original General Electric Carousel of Progress attraction for the 64 World's Fair. That's pretty cool. 1920s. Why did I? Yeah. That's the, is that the one um, where he blows all the fuses? No. 1920s, she's sewing on the porch um, with like a kerosene lamp and uh, don't interrupt while, while, while Rover's interrupting or something like or Rover don't interrupt me while, while Sarah's interrupting. Yeah, which one has all the stuff that's plugged in? Because the next scene's the 40s. It's got to be the 20s. Is it? It has to oh, be. Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah, because then the light comes back on and she goes, Sarah goes, oh, that's so much better. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. 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 Interesting. There's a lot of, of cool little details and, and nods in, in Carousel of Progress. And I think I told you one time I was listening to um, the Disney Dish podcast about this and Len Testa actually triangulated and did a ton of research on, I think he only did the opening scene um, to actually figure out the specific day and city that the scene is is holding and, and being held. Like, it was amazing. I'm sorry, say that again. I, I was zoned out. No, no, I was, I was reading something that I was deciding if it was worth repeating. Say it again. That wasn't a hey, hey moment. That was a, I was honestly trying to figure out if this was worth repeating. Um, no, I was saying I listened um, to a, a Disney dish, and, and I think I told you this before. Len Testa looked at the opening scene, or I'm sorry, the, the first with the characters of Carousel Progress, and he did yeah. a ton of research and triangulation and figured out the exact day, um, year, um, and city, I think of where that scene takes place because of all these different clues and research that he did. It was amazing. That does sound cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. So this is kind of interesting. Um, apparently they numbered the Tomorrowlands in the parks across the world. Um, so Magic Kingdom is numeral one. Um, Tomorrowland Space Station 77 Honors Disneyland's ride, which was built in 1977. Discovery Landing Station in Paris is Disneyland Paris's ride. Uh, there's no Tomorrowland in Paris, so the ride is located in Discovery Land. Ashita-based Tokyo comes next, a reference to Tokyo Disneyland. Um, Ashita, I'm sure I'm butchering that, is Japanese for tomorrow. And then HK Spaceport E-TKT is the spaceport in Hong Kong Disneyland. Hong Kong. Yep, so E-TKT is a nod to Space Mountain being an E-ticket e attraction when opening at Magic Kingdom. Mm. Isn't that cool? I know that yeah. I had to read a lot of other glob to get to that, but I just think, again, nothing at any Walt Disney World Park anywhere, <laughs> not just here at Walt Disney World, is by accident. Everything has a reason. Which is cool. I mean, I think that's 
you know, I, I think sometimes a lot of the devil's in the details. And if people, you know, stop and take the time, you know, to look and, and appreciate what went into that, I think that's what separates Disney from even a Universal, which is, is an awesome theme park and, and they're doing better with the theming elements. But Disney also has that history that they can um, utilize and incorporate in the parks. Absolutely. Uh, when you're leaving um, Space Mountain, it used to be that nice little moving walkway. <laughs> now they've carpeted over that. So it takes a little longer. Um, but if you look, um, there are stickers on the luggage on the left-hand side. Apparently there's a sticker that says Mesa Verde um, on a purple container. And it's one of the destination riders could choose to visit during their journey on the Long Gone Horizons attraction at Epcot. Mesa Verde. Yeah, what I say? different pronunciation but um well do you know that um the robot butler he's from horizons oh that's neat no it doesn't talk about that but that's really cool yeah there's a lot of cool little little things that they do um you know with that but yeah i mean all sorts of you know just tiny little things that again the, these random fl 20k like it's not just random letters and numbers it's that nod to Fantasyland, Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea um even uh even at the very very end of the exit corridor you can reach um an area where you see the space dog looking at the scrolls one of the scrolls that the space dog is looking at is twenty thousand light years under the sea um again a nod to twenty thousand yeah when you're almost at the exit of the attraction i wonder if that's the current version or if that was removed yeah but anyway that just i mean tomorrowland has again probably some of the few uh less in your face nods to things but again we're not talking about a first visit to Walt Disney World and taking time to look for this stuff. We are talking to you guys, our listeners, who frequent the parks, who love the parks the way we love them, and who want to get more out of, of the experience and kind of see the parks on an even even deeper level, taking the time to, to smell the proverbial roses. It's just so stinking cool seeing the details being put in. And it's the same reason why when Disney cuts corners on things and doesn't include the detail on things that people like Jamie and I get so frustrated because we know the way things could have, should have been designed and executed. I mean, you talk about design and, you know, we're, we're talking about Tomorrowland literally put next to each other is the space mountain building and Tron, you know, Tron, you can blatantly see the show building and that's a big no-no in, in, in Disney culture. And it's just having that juxtaposition of the two of them right next to each other just drives me insane. But um, I did enjoy Tron. And, and I'd really like to see if there's any sort of, oh, I wonder if that means that, um, you know, little nods that they have in Tron. Because I don't think I've really seen any, uh, you know, Easter eggs about Tron. To be honest with you. Andrew and I have never even seen the movie that the ride's based on uh, or the remake. <laughs> so um, that could be a place for us to start as far as like, <sighs> oh, is this to this or that to that? But I don't know. Well, you know, I, I think with that specifically with Tron, 
you could enjoy that ride having no idea about the movie. I mean, I, I'd say the same about Splash Mountain, quite frankly, um, that you enjoy that ride for what it is. And I mean, not that there's any characters really in, in Tron, but um, in terms of the ride, but I don't know. It's it's enjoyable. I, I love Tomorrowland at night as, a, as we kind of started off with this um, – you know, podcast. I just wish, I, I feel like they're trying to go back to how it looked originally in, in the seventies and, and get away from the, um, Jules Verne sort of sci-fi, uh, look to it, but it's kind of a mess hodgepodge that they never finished. I mean, it's kind of like everything going on right now at the seas pavilion. Like what are they really, what is the end goal? What are they really trying to do? I'd love them to go back to the original, but at least on the outside of that building. Because I don't. We shall see. Yeah, we shall. But nevertheless, Donna, why don't you tell everybody? Let me guess. We're probably going to what? Frontierland next week? No. Actually, darling, we are going to do something that requires you to do some preparation. Oh, is this Preparation H again? Oh, personal problems. Mm. How about the final Crystal Ball episode of 2023? Oh, that is going to involve some work. <laughs> Good thing I gave you the one week heads up. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Crystal Ball. I know that we say this about so many of our segments of Crystal Ball is truly one of my favorite segments. I love, um, you know, talking about uh, when things are coming back, if they're coming back. And I especially like that I'm currently beating Jamie and I hope to continue along that trend well that'll be the last episode once I take the lead we'll never do crystal ball again <laughs> such a turd bomber uh, as always I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you real soon <laughs>